Now, the issue of uh, public housing, homelessness and all related issues is one that we often cover here on Indie Media and I think it's one that many of you would be very much concerned with and aware of. Now, recently, the uh, Assistant Director General Service Delivery Metropolitan, for D- Metropolitan Communities uh, Officer, Miss Jackie Tang uh, said a few comments regarding evictions in public housing. Essentially, uh, Miss Jackie Tan indicated that the majority of the evictions were due to misconduct. Now, to discuss that and to perhaps set the record straight, uh, we have both Vachel Spearson, sorry if I got that wrong, Vachel Community Legal Education Coordinator for Tenancy WA, and also Jennifer Kashigan from the Director of First Nations Homelessness Project. Project joining us in the studio. Thanks very much for joining us this morning. Bye. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Sorry yeah. if I got the, the names no, a bit. you nailed it. That's very uncommon, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> now, if we can uh, start with the, these comments from uh, Jackie Tang, they, uh, it's, it's sort of this narrative that the majority of people in public housing uh, are evicted because they themselves stuff up because of misconduct and so forth. But I take it that you both might have separate uh, or different ideas to that. Is, is there any evidence, though, that Jackie Tan's comments are uh, correct? So, uh, according to Department of Housing, reported to a journalist last year, um, the majority of evictions are due to um, rent arrears, water arrears, and property standards, which are around not being able to afford it, um, uh, skip bins, and rubbish removal. There were 512 um, evictions the last, the most recent financial year. The vast majority, um, according to Housing, not to do whatsoever with disruptive behaviour. Um, so we we have a crisis um, of poverty, not a crisis of people misbehaving, and we really need to push back on this narrative because um, there's been uh, recently, you know, fifty million dollars invested into new pro- programs to uh, support um, vulnerable families in public housing. If housing have gotten the reasons wrong for why people uh, end up at risk in their tenancies, then that project's going to fail, and that that's terrible for the families and for taxpayers. So. We're just here to set the record straight. And there seems to be, you know, this, this consistent narrative that's largely due to the, there's, you know, a huge demand for Homes West and for public housing. Mm. And, and a part of that is this sort of narrative that, you know, well, the people that deserve it should get it. And there's almost this sort of moral argument that, or, you know, if you if you don't, you know, fit in exactly, then you, that you shouldn't be, you know, given a house and a home. And it's that sort of, rather than the narrative of everyone, regardless of anything, deserves shelter, there's very much this narrative of like, well, you have to behave and fit within these certain parameters and therefore we might give you a house. Does that feel like that's very much a part of the the culture at the moment in terms of public housing? Yeah, I I think it's often given as a justification for eviction is that, well, there's 14,000 people on the wait list, so Mm. if this person is going to take liberties and not pay their rent, there's someone else waiting. So there's two, two dimensions to that. One is, why do we have a wait list of 14,000 people for public housing? So, not just in WA, but across Australia, there's been largely no new public housing built for the last 30 years. Population has grown, and what we see at Tenancy WA in terms of the broader spectrum of housing is that, you know, the bottom of the private rental uh, market moves further and further away 
for people uh, on low incomes who then have you know, increasingly fewer housing options available to them. Public housing is one of those options and they will stay on a wait list for 10, 12, 15 years to try and get a property. And then when they get that property, um, you know, there is a, a range of factors which can endanger a tenancy. And some of the ones that we see, that, which are obviously the biggest causes of eviction, are things like property standards and rent arrears. So for people with low incomes, pe- people facing multiple disadvantage from intergenerational trauma to domestic violence to a, a range of other issues, um, the idea that we just house those people and then ignore those problems and don't support uh, them or, or, or at this pointy end a victim for having those um, those challenges which in the grand scheme of things you'd think are quite minor you know rent arrears couple, couple of thousand dollars of rent arrears um, we evict those people and the issue is on the other side of public housing is homelessness there are no other housing options available to those people so it's really egregious if you think about the you think the government's responsibility to, as a landlord in that context, to to um, to take a greater interest in the welfare of those people um, beyond that eviction, um, and that's often uh, children as well getting evicted um, because their parents have maybe you know um, lost that tenancy, and that's a, mm. a really, I think, a really dire situation to be evicting children to homelessness at the rate that we have for the last five years. Jenny, you're the director of the First Nations Homelessness Project, and uh, you know these, these issues of, of homelessness and uh, public housing and, and all the connected issues are, are often affect our, our First Nations people due to the the history of uh, colonial and, and settler violence that has in, inflicted these people. Uh, in what ways do you think there are specific issues for you know Indigenous people within public housing, and, and is and is this kind of language? I mean, how does it further? demonise people and particularly Indigenous people in in public housing? Well, I'm hugely concerned about the dialogue coming from housing at the moment around the reasons for eviction because since 2017 we've got 192 families, Indigenous families on our books, mostly Noongar, some Yamaji, some Matu, some Wongai, but mostly Noongar. Um, And our criteria for support is an Aboriginal family in public housing with at least one child under 18 years of of age in their full-time care and with a termination notice or close. So of 192 families, we've only had three come to us with a termination notice for disruptive behaviour. And in those years, we've only had seven evictions out of 192. Um, four were for disruptive behaviour and three were for arrears and of those four cases where there was disruptive behaviour there was really complex intergenerational trauma going on Um, we had a family this week where there were five generations removed um, one way or or another Um, so the families that are being evicted for disruptive behaviour are demonised and then that's used as as an excuse to not build more um, more housing and an, an excuse an excuse to justify um, uh, a punitive approach to issues within public housing rather than funding appropriate uh, support um, and it, it's got to stop we've got 50 million coming up now for support and if housing are not getting it right around the reasons for why people are being evicted it's going to be a 50 million dollar fail again now, the WA Labor Party announced this uh, 10-year plan to build these 250,000 new homes 
um, oh sorry, this is a federal labour plan across Australia, um, and and the WA Labor very much supported this plan. But it, it seems as though WA Labor are not living up to this idea of increasing public housing. You're talking about that there. I mean, uh, is is there much support within the party itself though for uh, for more funding to public housing, or is there has there been very very little movement since this uh, state government has come to power in terms of expanding public housing? I don't think we've seen a, a huge amount of movement on housing in general. And I, I think part of that is a broader ideological um, stagnation with the idea of the housing people being something that, that governments are interested in. And that's, I think, across um, Australia and other other uh, sort of, you know, uh, equivalent um, countries. But I think if you compare Australia to, to, to Canada, which has a, a lot of equivalencies, they've recently instituted a national housing strategy, which is investing something like $40 billion over 10 years. And that's across the whole housing spectrum. And they're building huge amounts of housing. So I think it's definitely something that we should be thinking is possible in Australia, but I don't think we've seen either major party uh, try and address these issues properly. I mean, fiddling around the edges of negative gearing and some of these other things that federal labour proposed are really not not substantive. We've got a housing crisis that's national. Um, you know, the census data on homelessness is 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 uh, really you know, a, a dire situation. Um, and as you say, it's being fed from multiple um, sources. Um, uh, but yeah, it really needs substantive investment uh, from you know from state and federal governments. And I don't think anyone has really um, grasped that in a kind of policy way yet. But it's sort of inevitable from my point of view, from terms of the, the stuff that we see at both of our organisations. Now, there's obvious need then for a political campaign and political pressure to be pl- applied to the Labor Party and to, for what it's worth, to the Liberal Party as well. And, and, and hopefully we, we will see that, and I'm sure both your organisations will be involved in that. But I, I guess in the very, you know, short term, in the immediate term, there are people that need support. And one of the things that I think is quite inspiring with the First Nations Homelessness Project is the sort of the direct support that um, people in the organisation offer. I, and I guess for our listeners that are concerned about that, is is that one concrete thing they can do is to, you know, for instance, volunteer with First Nations Homeless Project? And can you tell us a bit about some of the stuff you do to support people that may be potentially facing eviction? And I understand both your organisations do support people in that circumstance, but can you tell us a bit about what people can do and what you know what your organizations offer in terms of that support yep so uh, of um, 192 families since 2017 um just there's just about been no exceptions that family need support with property standards that that's an issue that's been flagged by department of housing so we run three busy bees a week um four hours um and we go in and support families that have got behind because of sorry time or arrears for a myriad of reasons um trauma mainly sorry time actually in particular in in winter in perth um and we just support them to to get a jump on housing and then we can use that with housing as, as a leverage point look we've done all these improvements we've paid for it all um as volunteers we've provided the labor we've we've brought the materials um can you give this family a break around the arrears is is ordinarily how it goes and then we can support the family to set up a payment plan that housing will agree to and and will prevent um the family being evicted of the 192 in terms of the the children that were at risk of um homelessness and it's the biggest porthole in in perth to long-term um, homelessness is eviction from public housing. It, it's very difficult to come back from that with no reference whatsoever to get into a private um, rental. Um, the average amount of kids in the households that we that we work with is four. 
Um, so that's a huge amount of, of, of children that have been prevented ended up, ending up on the streets and, and likely removed um, by Department of Communities. Um, so um, w there is a big crisis still. And when I talk about, you know, our, my most recent um, uh, client, five generations removed, um, the families don't experience it differently to, to the, um, the, the stolen generations. It, it, it's... Um, Children are being removed, and this is why I'm so disturbed by what housing is saying about disruptive behaviour, because they are still being removed for the same sort of reasons, you know, um, notions of neglect, which, which actually have um, more to do with poverty and also um, lack of cultural understanding that, mm. that, that kids are cared for by the extended family. So if there's not food in the fridge over here, there's food at auntie's house, um, that, that sort of stuff. So... Um, if you want to volunteer, you can text me 0449 655 282 and we'd love to have you.